0: You're listening to The Corbett Report. Report CorbettReport.com Who are we? Where did we come from? What are we doing here? The big questions that humanity has been asking for a very long time. And, well, lo and behold, the Hollywood program, programming masters have come along with an answer in recent years that we are descended from aliens, apparently, that have come from the sky. And the signs of this are everywhere, according to them. Well, that's the uh, the the latest meme that's being propagated in the predictive programming media these days. But uh, tonight, we are going to be breaking down that idea and where it comes from and what's really behind it. So I hope you're strapped in for tonight's conversation. We have a doozy lined up for you. Once again, I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you, as always, from the sunny climes of western Japan, where it is already the 16th of October, 2012. Tonight, we're joined on the line all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, by our guest Chris White, who is, uh well, I think probably well-known to a lot of the listeners out there. He's done a lot of documentaries debunkumentaries as they've become known um on all sorts of figures uh out there david ike and uh, jordan maxwell michael tsarian the zeitgeist movement and the latest one is on ancient aliens the history series that has been garnering a lot of attention for a number of years now well now there is ancient aliens debunked at ancientaliensdebunked.com it's a uh a very detailed very lengthy very uh very documented uh uh, breakdown of the the lies and uh, and misinformation that's being propagated by ancient aliens and it's uh, I think an excellent work I highly recommend it it's completely freely available in video and uh, also in uh, in transcript form all the links are there it's a great resource ancient dot com so let's bring him on the program we have Chris White on the line Chris thank you so much for joining us tonight
1: James, what's up? Uh, thanks for having me on the show. It's a real pleasure to be on the show. Uh, you do great work for the uh, the Truth World here, and I uh, just really appreciate you. And that was a great intro too. That was all in one take. You're just uh, you're natural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: no, no second take on live radio, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, uh, absolutely. The, let's. Uh, I, I think you and I have a lot of uh, correspondence in our work. I think we're both very analytical people, and that comes through in in your work very clearly. Um, you you take a lot of time documenting what you're talking about and doing it very clearly. So I, my hat's off to you for your work. But before we get into that, we just have a couple of minutes here in the first uh, segment. So why don't we talk a little bit about yourself, uh, where you come from, wh- what motivates your work, and uh, where people can find it? Sure.
1: Well, um, I think just like a lot of people, I got started in this, um, well, I, just as a, as a just run-of-the-mill truther, I guess. I mean, it was about 1999 or something like that um, that I found... I think it was it was David Icke's book. It was Sitchin and David Icke right around the same time that I found. Uh, and so Sitchin kind of gave me the ancient astronaut theory. And um, that kind of opened my mind to a whole lot of other things. And so David Icke, with his book The Biggest Secret, somewhere around there as well, that opened my eyes to a lot of different things as far as the conspiracy world went. And then after 9-11 and the rest is history. So that, that was my main thing. Um, just just trying to figure out what the truth about all this was as we're also familiar with what that process is like, and that, that those those first few years of, of tumbling down the rabbit hole so that was that's what I did but um there were just a few different things that bugged me uh, along the way um, one of those was some of the stuff that Sitchin had said and some of the stuff that Ike had said um, and those just really gnawed at me for a long time, and just bit by bit, I would find things that um that didn't add up. So so it really culminated around the time of uh Zeitgeist, because just before Zeitgeist came out, I had been doing some research about something that David Icke had said about uh how all the different um uh, uh pagan deities were uh were uh predecessors of, of Jesus Christ. So I, I totally believe that, but I just recently found out from before the movie came out that it was wrong, that it was like a hundred year old uh theory that had uh as was easily proven wrong. Um and when it came out, I tried to tell everybody I was like hey, guys we' are all believing this, but we we shouldn't because it's not true And I just became like Mr. Uh, you know conspiracy world pariah there and it's, so it's really <laughs> how it's dare really you been money that way.
0: up that great theory with some facts oh but oh, but dear. you know what
1: but as a lot of it was, it was a lot that's been my motivation solely. I know a lot of people put a lot of different motivations on the stuff that I do, but it's mostly just trying to say, hey let's Let's not believe the this, this stuff that's wrong if we're if we're trying to get to, I, to the bottom of all this if stuff. Where there's the truth a lot of movement, we minds. have to follow the
0: truth. Exactly. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with Chris, Chris White after this. Alright friends, welcome back to the program. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. This is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com and tonight we're talking to Chris White, the documentary filmmaker behind the just released documentary Ancient Aliens Debunked, going into the truth behind the claims that are being promoted and promulgated by the History Channel in their Ancient Aliens series. So, uh, I, I, know that this is getting a lot of attention already. It hasn't been out that long, but it's already getting quite a response. Uh, Chris, tell us a little bit about the response that you're getting to this documentary.
1: Well, uh, it's been, it's been, um, really big so far. I think it's in the first two weeks, it's nearing on, uh, almost 250,000 just from the ones I have uploaded on my channels. Um, which is, it, it, which is pretty good for, for me. Um, but it's one of these issues that, Everybody kind of has a stake in somehow or another because of the History Channel's propagation of it. A lot of the mainstream world is interested to one degree or another. You, you know, that with the meme stuff, I mean, and even the people that believe in the ancient astronaut theory are interested in it. So it's just it's something that I think uh, a lot of people uh, um, would would watch if they could if they could see a link. And I think it's been shared re- real well with uh, with the social media and stuff like that. Um, but be, but I think. Partially, too, due to the just this huge nature of how this has been uh, sold to the general public in video games and movies and books and whatever else. Uh, It's been a big uh, uh, people believe it. And so people respond to it one way or the other.
0: It's uh, touching the zeitgeist, if you'll pardon the pun, but absolutely (laughs) right. I think this is definitely a a subject that's ripe for debunking because it is so far Mm -hmm. so far out there in the public consciousness right now. And there's a lot of uh, stuff that's being spread around about it. So there's a lot of public interest in this. And that's why, obviously, it is touching such a chord with a lot of people. A lot of people are tuning in to see it. It doesn't mean that everyone agrees with with your documentary. Everyone's happy about it. But certainly, it's getting a lot of attention. And sometimes from some uh, strange bedfellows, like uh, Michael Shermer, I understand, has been promoting your work, uh, despite the fact that, obviously, you two have some, some disagreements on uh, religious matters. But uh, Michael Shermer has been promoting this documentary. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, well, that, that was a uh, – you know, he was a pretty – cool uh, guy in the sense that um, he wrote me and he said he really liked it and he said it was um you know he just he just complimented it and he said he wanted to uh, post it on the site and then he also asked if I would write a, an article for the for the magazine and um i i felt really honored cuz i do think that he's a good he's a great debunker you know uh and and i i wanted to make sure because i knew that the the reaction that this would get from the skeptic community and I and so i told him hey look you know um because in a to clear that up, one of the reasons is a lot of people because I'm a, I'm a Christian. People have been saying, "Oh, a Christian is debunking this. It's worthless and everything else." And especially from the skeptic community. Um, and I warned him. I said, "You know, people are going to be really angry about it." So I understand if you want to back out. I know it's it's not quite obvious in, in the film or whatever. But to his credit, he was he was you know he said it didn't matter to him and you know it didn't, you know it was all the same. So. He posted it, and indeed, there was a lot of uh, blowback from that. There's just huge conversations in the skeptic community about, why should we even listen to this guy? I'm mad that we're even considering watching this thing, and this guy's a Christian. And so, it's yes, uh, facts it's aren't issue.
0: facts if they're spouted by someone with a different belief than me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, interesting how that works. Well, okay, for people who don't really know what we're talking about, let's step back for a second and, and just set the table for the conversation. Let's tell them a little bit about the Ancient Aliens series and why you decided to make a documentary about it. Well, um, the Ancient Alien series is a is a, a television show
1: on the History Channel that promulgates, or I've been u- overusing that word already, the um, the ancient astronaut theory, which is the idea that aliens came to the Earth in the remote past. And they, in some versions, seeded mankind, whether by genetic manipulation or some, sometimes that's an issue. Other times it's just they built the monuments of the past, such as the pyramids, or they gave us technology to build those monuments, Baalbek and Lebanon. Uh, there's lots of different things like that. So, it's basically aliens, ancient aliens came here in the past and did all kinds of cool stuff. And they, they, they have a lot of different, um, areas which they, they use to prove this. And, So, what I did is essentially show that those things that they're presenting as evidence, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this is just wrong just because it's said, but the things that they promote as their evidence for it is wrong, and it's provably wrong. And if they want us to believe it, or if it should be believed, it needs to be, it needs to be done using different evidence. And, uh, so I I was really intent to make sure that this was documented with, uh, things that people could find out for themselves. One of my goals for, for this and a lot of the different things was to get people to start thinking in terms of epistemology. How how do we know what we know? And to get people to start researching in that way, you know, to know what they're looking at. Okay. This person went here, he saw this, he documented this, and you can be reasonably sure that that's accurate. And so that was one
0: of my goals, is to try to get, encourage that, that idea among truth seekers. And I think you succeed admirably in that goal because what comes across to me as a viewer of this documentary is that you are very much committed to not to ridiculing the ideas, but examining the evidence and and finding out whether or not it stands up to the light of reason. And I think you do an excellent job of that. I think there's there's a lot of uh, very specific examples of that. And I think uh it would do a disservice to the documentary itself to get too much into the specific examples that you go through in the documentary. Obviously, people who are interested should go to ancientaliensdebunk.com where they can watch it all for free and see all the sources there directly. But perhaps we can talk about one or two of the examples of things that uh, that are presented as evidence for this uh, ancient alien contact that you debunk in this documentary. And uh, one that I found particularly interesting, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and admit that I have never seen the ancient alien series itself. My only exposure to it is through your documentary. I'm, of course, familiar with the ideas and the themes and, and broadly speaking what it's about, but I've never actually... I'm, Pretty off the grid when it comes to that type of pop culture conditioning, thankfully. <laughs> but, uh, so some of this I was hearing really for the first time and through your, your debunking of them and they were quite, quite interesting and I could definitely see how it's all in the editing and what facts they leave out and what they choose to show you, what they choose not to show you. It's the way that they can construct their argument. And one that I found interesting in that regard was the Tolima fighter jets, which I, which I'd never heard of before. Tell us a little bit about that and how it's presented in the series.
1: Right, these things are little gold figurines that are, are found in in Colombia, and they are about a thousand something years old or something like that. And they are funerary objects. They were found in a tomb. There was was like a hundred of these things, and they were all really highly stylized animals, like um, frogs and and bats and and a lot of different lots of different types of fish and things like that. But there was about Seven to ten of them that looked like um, airplanes or, or fighter jets is where I got the name the, the, the fighter jets there. Um, and there are just a, a great deal of logical problems with that, namely that they, in comparison to the other objects, it's it, – which are highly stylized. They have eyes and teeth and, 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 and fins and these types of things or, or at least eyes and teeth um, – the other 90% of them, and, and these 10 do as well, it, it stands to reason that they are also highly stylized uh, uh, figurines as well. But they do all kinds of interesting stuff. They they essentially make a model airplane out of it essentially to say, look, it flies, and it's aerodynamic, therefore it must be a plane. But... um But that one really, I think, to see the images, I think, is really helpful with that one because uh, to see what they did, what the the things that they um, did, the Tolema did in addition to those, how stylized they were, it really just defeats itself the more images that you see, I think, on that one.
0: And what kind of a context did they provide that in in the series? Did they show the other figurines in that series or did they only show the ones that seemed to support their theory? Right. Uh,
1: well, no, uh, they did show them brief and, briefly. There is a there is a br- brief clip of that. Um, their their context is always self serving. They are geniuses at writing and editing at the music, the, the sound effects. I, I felt so inadequate uh, as I was editing that because I was you know sitting next to these just brilliant clips of of mind control. Uh, and but no, the the way I was thinking about that one actually today, the way that they presented that and. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was a really clever thing. I was listening to an interview with uh Giorgio sukalos about that and and uh so I don't have anything good to say, but
0: yeah. <laughs> well suffice it to say exactly right they are uh, masters of, of manipulation when you look at the ways that they they use some of this footage and don't use others etc well uh, how about anything that uh, what, what, what did you not have time to include in this documentary i know there was so much that, uh, material and resources that you were looking at was there anything that you left out for the purposes of just too much detail too much time to can't cover everything
1: yeah, that was that was actually the biggest challenge in this whole thing. Is, is before I did, you know, I spent maybe close to a year of research in this, and I actually had a a lot of people um, on the the podcast that I do that wanted to help research. So. We would go through, like, all the episodes of Ancient Aliens and just catalog at what time signature they said what thing or whatever and try to just kind of put together all the different issues. And then we got all the issues together and then we kind of tried to research as much of those as we could. And there are just so many. I mean, we we picked the, the most important one at the end of the day. The most most important ones, but yeah, there, there's a lot of them. One thing that people have been asking me a lot about that I kind of wish I would have included uh, is the the Dogon or, or Sirius mystery. This um, also the face on Mars. Let me I'll briefly talk about those. Um, the Sirius mystery was this idea that the Dogon tribe in Africa um, knew about that, that that the the star Sirius, which is a really bright star, it was, it was a binary star that had a, another star as a part of that, which, as the story goes, that is something that they couldn't have known, uh, without, you know, um, aliens telling them or, or whatnot. And so that one is, is really interesting. I wish I would have gone into it in more detail. Basically, the short version is, is that the book was based on the work of two anthropologists who went to this tribe and instead of asking a whole lot of people, they asked this one guy. He was a blind guy. Uh, I don't know if that matters or not, but that's just how the story goes. Um, and they got all this information from this one guy, and they took it back to England or, or wherever, which where this story was really hot. The, the original okay, just hold on right oh, yeah.
0: there. We're coming right up against the break, but we'll finish that story on the other side. Once again, we're talking to Chris White of AncientAliensDebunk.com. We'll be right back after these messages. All right, friends, welcome back to the broadcast. Once again, this is the Corbett Report. You are tuned into Corbett Report Radio here on Republic Broadcasting. Tonight, we're talking to Chris White of the newly released documentary Ancient Aliens Debunked at ancientaliensdebunked.com. Just before the break, we were talking about the Dogon people of Mali, I believe, who somehow happened to know that Sirius was a binary star system. How did they know this? Well, clearly, Ancient Aliens in contact, or maybe not. So uh, let's pick up the story from where you left off there. so Some anthropologists went there to talk to these people about what they knew about this star system?
1: Uh, sure, and uh, this was the original guys that, that brought this story back, and they, they brought it back. They got their information from, from one guy and at this, there's a lot of potential funny business that was going on there, but I won't go into that. But but basically, England had just sort of, or the world had just sort of figured this out that that, that Sirius was a binary star, or however that worked. Uh, and so they were so surprised, hey, look, we just figured this out, but these people have also just figured it out, and how do they know, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, it wasn't until much later, the early 90s, that another anthropologist wanted to just go confirm it and go study them more. I mean, he was, he was more or less, uh, um, wanting to just go do more work about it. His name was, uh, Van Beek, Walter Van Beek. He, he wrote a paper called The Dogon Restudied a Field of Evaluation of the Work of Marcel. Uh, French names, Gr- Griol, and um, anyway, the the point of the his paper was that it couldn't be confirmed. There were supposed to be fifteen percent of these um, people were were initiated into the, the the priest class. They were supposed to know this stuff, and not only did they not know it, uh, there wasn't any evidence that they ever did know it, even in a in a distant memory. And there's other issues. If you get into this issue, and you can do at the blog at ancientaliensdebunkcom com slash blog. This is one you can really dig into a lot. There's a lot of ups and downs. And the way that the information was presented in the book, the serious mystery was just disingenuous at best. Uh, so it's not just this issue. There's just tons of stuff going on wrong, wrong there. Uh, as I mentioned, also the pyramids uh, and face on Mars, that's one that I wanted to get into just because um, I-, I believed it. It was like one of the first things that I ever believed about the ancient uh, astronaut theory. I mean, I saw those 1976 pictures of, of, of all that stuff, and I was like, well, that's all we need to know. You know, there it is. So, um, But there have been new, really high-resolution 20 20- 25 megabyte uh, uh, um, uh, pictures that you can see of the face and the pyramids on Mars and stuff. Uh, the European Space Agency. You can have a link to that at the blog as well. And it's just it's just obviously not true. It's just run of the mill debris. I mean, um, and, and it doesn't really need much debunking. You just need to see those pictures if you haven't already. Uh, the idea of faking those is just uh, at that resolution. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, it, it, and I've seen people try to overlay all kinds of geometries over the 1976 uh, pictures and stuff like that. It just, it's just something that it's wrong, and it's just clearly so. There there was a few other things. One thing I wanted to talk about was crop circles, but even though Ancient Aliens, the series, talked about them, I just couldn't work it into being ancient, and, and I just figured, uh But actually, I have been thinking, If, if in a perfect world I'd like to do a documentary about crop circles, uh, and what I think they are, my theory. Just try to determine if my theory is correct about that. Uh, it would require some pretty on this, uh, some investigation into some stuff. But anyway, so that's. I hope that answers the question.
0: So, in the future, are you thinking of per- perhaps expanding the scope of what you're doing, doing more sort of investigative work? I really don't want to.
1: That's the thing. I think that would be a great one to do. But and different stuff like this. My, my goal right now is to to sort of stay the course with this project and to to do. Um to keep this uh, going as far as the the blog and really start analyzing more of the the theories that I haven't touched before, doing podcasts and stuff about it, I don't wanna um, I don't want to just leave it undone because it's something that I, I want. Uh, it's so important. Uh, it it needs to be there because of people like me when I first started. If I would have seen something like this, it would have saved me a whole world of, of just confusion. Uh, so I want to try to make it a place where people can go to sort of deprogram themselves from the just outright falseness of this particular theory. Uh, but no, I, I I want to move on to different things. I just don't know what that is yet. mm.
0: Well, uh, very interesting. Well, certainly I'm glad that you have uh, done this because I think it is a valuable resource. And it starts to raise the question of of really why we are seeing this this idea being pushed so hard right now in all sorts of various forms of media and pop culture. Because I think anyone who's, even vaguely aware of what's going on in the, in the pop culture right now will, will know of this idea and how it's being pushed in various productions. And it does start to raise the, the question of why this is done. And I think with any charlatanry, there is, of course, the charlatans who will just take advantage and ride the coattails of any sort of meme or idea and uh, try to profit from it. But, There's also, I think, other ideas behind why this this agenda is being pushed. So I'd like to start broaching that topic, but we're coming up against the next break. So first of all, let me put open up the phone lines for anyone out there. If you'd like to get in on this topic of ancient aliens, I know it's one that's touched a chord with a lot of the public. So if you have your own thoughts, questions, or opinions uh, that you'd like to direct at Chris, 1-800-313-9443. That's 1-800-313-9443. That will get you up and on the air, or you can tweet me at Corbett Report, and I will get uh, to your question on air here. So. Let's, uh, let's take a a break and we'll regroup our thoughts. Once again, we're talking to Chris White and you can watch this documentary that we're talking about, Ancient Aliens Debunked, in its entirety completely for free. All of the transcripts, resources, documents there uh, linked up at AncientAliensDebunked.com. So a great resource and of course that will also be linked up in the show notes for tonight's episode at CorbettReport.com slash radio. We're gonna take another short break. When we come back, we'll start talking about why this meme is being pushed, where it's coming from, what the agenda is. So stay tuned right there. We'll be right back.
1: Introducing
0: The Last Word DVD. For the first time on DVD, you can own all seven episodes from the first season of The Last Word video series, including
1: The Last Word on Terrorism.
0: You see, to Kissinger and the other adherents of the globalist ideology, terrorism is simply a word for any act that threatens the agenda of the globalists.
1: The last word on CCTV.
0: But there is something more fundamentally troubling about this entire CCTV surveillance grid than mere hucksterism.
1: The last word on Utopia.
0: The most pernicious evil always presents itself as something necessary, something transitory, a mere waypoint on the road to the land of milk and honey. In this way, the masses can be led to not only tolerate the most intolerable conditions, but actually to support those who would seek to rule over them.
1: And the last word on independence.
0: It is a choice that we make each and every day to live in independence or in slavery. Every day is Independence Day.
1: The Last Word DVD Buy your copy today at CorbettReport.com
0: All right, friends, welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. Once again, I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you as every night from Western Japan. And tonight we're talking to Chris White of AncientAliensDebunked.com. He also has his own podcasts and other uh, material available at ConspiracyClothes.com. He's also on the Revelations Radio Network. He's got a lot of other work that we'll tell you about Bit later on in tonight's broadcast, but let's uh, let's continue where we left off there, talking about this ancient aliens meme in in totality, where it's come from, why it's being propounded so heavily right now. Of course, there are a lot of ideas floating around out there, but I think when we see so many different pieces of the pop culture puzzle coming together to promote a certain idea at a certain moment in time, it must be serving some sort of agenda. So that's that's really part of the question, the puzzle of why ancient aliens is such a hot topic these days. And I must admit myself, I recently went to see Prometheus and, uh, Yes, I'm a fan of the Aliens movies and Ridley Scott and all that, so I was looking forward to it. And because I have my critical thinker cap on, I certainly was not uh, looking for enlightenment about where the human race came from or anything of that sort. So it is uh, it is interesting to see the various ways that this is being pushed. But um, but Chris, how about your own experience of this? What what types of things do you see out there in pop culture that are uh, corresponding to this meme or helping to push it? And, and where do you think this is coming from ultimately?
1: Well, um, obviously, the movie industry is huge. I mean, you you mentioned uh, Prometheus, Knowing recently was another one, Uh, Transformers, Thor, Stargate, uh, Indiana Jones, Battlestar Galactica, I mean, TV shows, The X-Files, and video games, Halo, Assassin's Creed, we could just keep going. And if you wanted to just talk about aliens, not ancient aliens, we could do... 50% The you know fifty percent of the movies that have you know sci-fi movies that have come out have had that as a theme. So it's it certainly it could just be hey people are enjoying it um, and that's certainly possible. But this has been going on for a long time. Two thousand one A Space Odyssey, um, but and even before that, I tend to get a little more conspiratorial when I talk about motives of all this. I, I think I'm like you. I think it's too big. It's it's there's too much that of this to just say it's all. A coincidence and it's not benefiting anybody but that's always where I would um, that's always what confused me in all this research is when I started to ask those kind of questions well what what who would be benefiting in this and I know that there are a lot of theories um, one uh, in just that you can have and and kind of keep a, a, a consistent not necessarily conspiratorial um, or at least naturalistic version is that well they're just trying to, to make us look off world and not, you know, focus on what's going on here and now, and that's certainly possible. But I think that what the, it, it has the same kind of flavor as the kind of zeitgeist stuff does. Um, and, you know, the zeitgeist stuff is, is just as wrong as Ancient Aliens. You can see my, my website, zeitgeistchallenge.com, where I offer people $1,000 cash to just prove what zeitgeist says. Um, that's been up since the movie's been out. Um, haven't uh, even had one serious submission yet. Uh, I've had a lot of people that would write and say, "Oh yeah, I- I'll do it. I know this is true." But... but anyway, my point is is that is that it's like that in that I think people want it if it, it, it we're susceptible to lies if it has implications that we want because then we don't really have any incentive to look at the other side of the story. And one thing that w- we've all learned by now is that you're not going to learn anything for real unless you really do. Look at both sides of the story. Like you find the best guy on this side and then you find the best guy on this side and you really understand them both. And then because if you listen to only one side of anything, you're going to be you're not going to get it. I mean, if you just happen to be right, then that's fine. But you know what I'm saying? In research, you need to do that. And when when a um, bias in terms of this, this is an issue that I think people really like. If if aliens created us and they seeded mankind and and they are and we can evolve like them, I mean, after all, if they created us, uh, that means that one day we'll be like them. There's this whole evolution possibility thing. There's there's a, a, a total disregard from for, uh, of God if that's in in the minds of most of people when they when they think of this, and I think that 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 plays a role because i think that people naturally don't want uh god honestly i think that they just don't don't want him as, as a natural part of our hearts and we want to be our own kings and i think as a result of that we jump on things uncritically when they fall in that category now in terms of how where who this is coming from and all the, that kind of stuff i have a conspiratorial view i think that sitchin particularly uh, now, I want to say clearly I'm sort of deviating with what uh, Dr. Michael Heiser, who was in the film, would say about this, who, who has SitchinIsWrong.com, um, which details the errors of Sitchin. I think that Sitchin's errors and in addition to I, I, a lot of other things, I just don't see how he could be doing this um, in any way uh, just, just messed up. I mean, it's deliberate stuff. There's been in conspiracy lore for a long time the idea that Sitchin was a part of this. Like he was at these Bohemian Grove type ritual situations. There's been reports from, you know, multiples and stuff. I mean, you, they're unhealed multiples and therefore their testimony is, is, is suspect for, for lots of different reasons. But there's lots of different things about that and Sitchin that I just have always, based on the way that the information that he presented in the 70s and 80s when he knew nobody could check his facts, he knew he could never get busted with this. That's the thing. That is he could just say it like it was true and the person had to either believe it or not believe it and, and that's all they could do. Because nowadays you know, we can we can see the Sumerian text for ourselves, we can see the Sumerian dictionaries that they created. It's not a question anymore. He was wrong. But the way that he presented that and he had to know it was wrong. Um so there's other people around the, the, that have dealt with him that have said similar things in terms of they don't they don't What I don't want to get into too much of that, but at the end of the day, I think it's something big. Um, It doesn't have to be part of some grand deception, you know, or whatever that's being planned. I I don't think it has to be a big thing, Um, but I think it's just it's just one of many things. Like like uh, um, the you know, I I think it's just one of many things that do the same kind of thing. Uh, Obviously. I think that there, you know, as truth movement people, we've studied stuff like the Bohemian Grove. And and we know that these people are occultists and Satanists, like theistic Satanists. They believe Satan is real and they believe that they're setting up a kingdom for the Antichrist. Like they believe that. And we always say as as good truthers, oh, well, they believe that, you know, we not, might not believe it, but they really believe it. But as I started thinking about this, of course, it would make sense that there is specifically targeted disinformation that sounds really good and true, Um, if these people really are Satanists, why should we be surprised that they're anti-Christian on every turn? But that's, again, you know, I I know I'm going to get all all kinds of heat for this, but, I mean, that's what I think is happening. But um, I have backtracked a little in terms of that I think it's all part of some huge thing that's coming. It may or may not be, but I do know it seems to be targeted in that way.
0: Well, I think that's right. I mean, we can't see what uh, what the behind the scenes workings are of this agenda or you know who's behind it but we can at least guess at it and it certainly does seem to play into a a greater agenda which as you say has a lot of different uh serves a lot of different purposes at the same time so again it might not be coordinated or planned out but it just happens to serve uh, the greater agenda so so that's maybe one reason why it's popping up so much and I, i remember probably my first uh exposure to this was back when I was uh, watching Star Trek The Next Generation as a young kid and loved that series and of course one of their episodes was about how we were seeded by this ancient alien race Mm -hmm. that seeded all the various races in the galaxy and I thought oh that's kind of a bizarre idea and lo and behold here we are and it's in so many different uh, pieces of fiction that is it an idea that they're just picking up on is there some coordinated agenda well again we have to venture into speculation to a certain extent when it comes to that but, but let's let's turn one other
1: thing I'd say about that is that there's just one other aspect to it: is this idea of uh, evolution, the, the coming evolution. You could you can make all kinds of good and you know just regular theories about um, that being pushed, whatever that means to them or whatever. This idea that we can become evolved, that uh, an evolution is coming, whether it's in 2012 or the next year, or the next year, or the next year. That that's a th- that's a thing that's just like it. That's bigger than the ancient aliens thing. The thing that. We're getting sold on every possible angle that we're due for an evolution right around the corner, and the ancient aliens theory is a cog in that machinery, and, and, and that's what we need to start kind of thinking about. What 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 is that about? Why, why would why would they care about us believing that we're on the verge of, of a coming evolution? And I think that's where the real philosophical work gets done in the conspiracy world. Um, granted, I know my theories are probably out there and all this stuff I don't I don't want anybody to to, to necessarily subscribe to everything I'm saying but of course I think it's a good place to start digging around and, and picking around. Uh,
0: absolutely, very fruitful line of research and the, uh, the apotheosis of man and all of that kind of stuff embedded in so many different works of uh, of pop culture. Again, so absolutely, I think you're right. That is kind of the the meta level of that that uh, idea that's being pushed. But l- let's let's step back for a moment because uh, for better or worse, you've become known for some of your debunkumentaries. You do a lot of other work besides, but this is something that's well known in the in the truth movement at any rate. And uh, I think it is it is a valuable thing to do. I think there's a lot of valuable... Uh Content that can be garnered from this, especially when it is done in such a straightforward, factual, analytical way as you do, I think you, you really destroy a lot of the uh, targets that you're going after through just uh, showing them to, to be self contradictory, etc. And it's a very effective method. But one of the ones that I like especially is that Zeitgeist challenge that you mentioned earlier, because uh, I myself, of course, have had my dealings with the Zeitgeistians who like to hold themselves up as paragons of rationality, and uh, anyone who doesn't believe what they believe is clearly just, to, you know, just irrational beings or whatever and yet when confronted by this challenge that you proposed uh, to actually you're offering a thousand dollars money to cold hard cash to anyone who can simply prove the claims made in the first part of part one of zeitgeist uh, and and no one has so far come forward to actually accept that challenge that has to speak volumes to the people out there and they can try to justify it in all sorts of ways but but anyway let's let's just talk a little bit about that zeitgeist challenge and and what specifically what claims you're asking people to, to source
1: Sure. Well, um, the Zeitgeist Challenge. Uh, one one thing that I think will give a, a great um, um, background on this is is a video that I dis- did recently for a conference called Zeitgeist History Rewritten, and that was I think important for this discussion because it, it gives the history of where this theory came about, and it came about in the seventeen hundreds. It's a really really new theory. Um, it's a it, 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 the idea, of course, is that. Um that Jesus was just like Horus or Addis or Krishna or Dionysus or Mithra and that they all b- were, you know, born on December 25th. They they had 12 followers. They they died. They resurrected three days later. All these kind of very specific claims that they say, oh, yeah, Horus did that, Addis did that, Krishna did that. Um, and, but the problem was that this wasn't something, when this came out about in the 1700s and really blossomed around the 1800s and, and so on, um, It wasn't it was just like Sitchin. Nobody could check their facts. I mean, you couldn't nobody had like English translations of the Egyptian text. The Rosetta Stone had was discovered in like what, eighteen ninety nine or something like that. So Nobody could do anything about it. You just had to uncritically believe it. And again, people wanted to believe it. It's like, oh, oh, we don't have to deal with that anymore. Let's get rid of that. And so it just became this huge thing. But it died out as people started coming forward it's like, no, Horus wasn't crucified. No, you know, Krishna was not born of a virgin. He was like had seven brothers before him, you know, all the stuff that that. You know, the, the, the scholars of those religions themselves saying, I don't know where this, like, Cursey Graves of 16 crucified saviors and all this stuff. But I love the Zeitgeist History Rewritten uh, PowerPoint because it shows you that where this came from and their bias and they were, they were occultists and Freemasons and, and, and people that had a specific anti-Christian agenda that started this, that wrote these books that that formed Zeitgeist's, informed entirely Zeitgeist's big list of references and so on. So anyway, my, my, my point in all that is, I guess, that um, um, the Zeitgeist Challenge is something that, um, that was shining light on something that had been debunked a long time ago, but with YouTube and music in the background and cool animations, a whole group of people got back on board and um so at the end of the day whether or not you know people believe what i believe it's so important for us to realize that one thing that 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 when we have a desire when we have a motive we'll believe anything and and, and so we got to check ourselves about the information that we that we get i discovered in my journey that the disinformation the bad stuff was all anti-christian all the stuff that I could be like, what? Who who would believe that? That was all really anti-Christian. That's that's the the journey that I went on. It's like, why are they anti-Christian? So I didn't do this stuff because I was a Christian and I wanted to make everybody Christian. I did stu- this stuff initially because I was a truther and I wanted the truthers to not believe lies. And it just so happened that all the lies were anti-Christian, and that led to a whole different place. But 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 I'm just asking people to be more critical. The Zeitgeist Challenge is still out there, ZeitgeistChallenge.com. If anybody seriously has a, a serious submission, I really will entertain it. Uh, just read the rules there, the front page of ZeitgeistChallenge.com. Um, and uh, and I think it's yeah, ZeitgeistChallenge.com. It's still up there. You can just hit the contact button and you'll get me.
0: Uh, don't worry, I will start referring uh, some of the zeitgeistians who get in contact with me from time to time to that webpage and I will invite them to participate in the zeitgeist challenge well let's talk about the 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 concept the art the 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 process of debunking um it, this is something that that obviously you've been involved in for years now you've created quite a few documentaries now that have gone through this process. Tell us in your own words what is what what is the value of this what 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 are you attempting to achieve through this these debunkumentaries?
1: um I think it's, it's obviously the, the, the truth. Most of the time when I go into a certain claim, I'm not sure what, what the truth is yet. I mean, there, there are very specific, difficult claims. That's how all this stuff works. It's real. It blinds you with science. You don't know the answer to that. You don't know what the Andromeda cluster does and blah, 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 you know, or whatever. So the process is kind of a fun one because in the way that I think of it is you just learn. You just learn and learn about learn about that issue like nobody's business. And and at the end of the, you're not really even thinking about the claim at that point. But more often times than not, once you come out of like really understanding a, a, a subject, the thing that somebody said about it is obviously you know why it's obviously wrong. But uh, but but it's really important. In fact, it's like really a a, a part of our history is debunking and refutations of, of false things. There's always been this kind of things, and some of the earliest writing writings that we have are people. Uh, that were debunking, uh, just wrong theories and things like that. So it's something that, uh, has a, has a, a rich history, but, and, and I think what I learned early on with it is that it, I would get kind of frustrated with people like Jordan Maxwell and, and stuff like that. And I had a lot of spite in my voice and in what I wanted to do there. And I think over the years, I just, I just had more compassion on people as I saw more of the stuff because I saw how easy it was to fall for. And, So, if anybody, if I would say to anything, anybody about debunking, the most important thing is not so much what you do, but it's it's the the desire to help the people, compassion for them, and just take all the the cheap shots out of out of your script
0: exactly right I, I think you're not going to win an argument by going down to the lowest common denominator so that is something that i hope uh, pe- people out there will take to heart and, uh, and you've got to rise above i think the the mud that people sling in these debates and stick to what what the facts are all right uh, time flies we're already up against our final break so let's take one more break and we'll uh, come back after this to wrap things up once again talking tonight to chris white of ancient and he has a lot of other work that we'll tell you about after the break so stay tuned right there we'll be right back One day in Manhattan All right, friends, welcome back to the closing minutes of tonight's edition of Corporate Report Radio. Once again, this is uh, Corporate Report Radio, and we've been talking to Chris White of ancientaliensdebunked.com. Once again, that uh, video is completely there for free with all the resources associated with it. I hope you will go check it out. Once again, the link will be in tonight's show notes in case you happen to miss it. And uh, if you do appreciate the work, I hope you'll go and spread it to others because that's the only way we'll be able to move forward in uh, in defeating some of the well-funded propaganda from the History Channel and others who are uh, pushing some of these ideas. But uh, Chris, uh, we've been talking specifically about Ancient Aliens Debunked tonight, but of course you have a lot of other work on a lot of other subjects. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other work that you do.
1: Sure. Well, um, you know... Yeah, there's a lot of different things. You can go to the main kind of podcast website, which is nowheretorunradio.com or uh, conspiracyclothes.com. Goes the same place. Um, you know, it's all over the board, really. I don't know exactly what to promote specifically, um, other than I would just say the the podcast. And one thing is that I've been really interested in, in uh, sending out these DVDs. Uh, they're like 8 gigabytes of just stuff that I think is important. Um, audio, video, it's totally free. No no obligation, no nothing. I think that if I was going to promote anything, it would be that. I'm calling it the Christianity 101 DVDs, but it's just a lot, of, a lot of stuff that I think is important. You can get it on that website. Just go there and hit uh, the... Um, you can go to chriswhiteministries.com, too. I think that's a good place to get it. Anyway, uh, that, and I think, really, the, the other stuff, Zeitgeist Challenge we mentioned, um, the Revelations Radio Network, I do a lot of stuff about the Bible as well. Um, the main thing, I guess, is, is like you said, the, the sharing of, of this stuff through Twitter and Facebook, the Ancient Aliens Debunked movie specifically. And I, I wanted to mention, just real quickly, some of the other issues on the um, on that site. Or on that movie because you can watch these individually. It's a three-hour film, so it's like you know you can't take it all in one in one uh, sitting. Sometimes, but in case anybody's interested in any of these topics, Puma Punku, which is a, a thing in in, uh, in, in Bolivia, the, the pyramids, Bailback Incan sites, Easter Island, Pacal's rocket, this idea that uh, well, I, I won't have time to go into it. But the Nazca lines, the Tolima fighter jets, as we mentioned, the so-called Egyptian light bulb. UFOs and ancient art, the crystal skulls, Ezekiel's wheel, uh, the idea of ancient nuclear warfare, Vimanas, and of course the Anunnaki and the Nephilim and uh, other things like uh, some, some figurines and stuff that were there as well. So you can watch all those individually at the site. And like I said, please share Facebook, Twitter, or whatever. That, that's really I think the best thing is that if you know somebody in your family or friends that, that believe this particular theory share it on your Facebook or whatever with them. And that's why I made this. That's why I made 252 uh, footnotes to the various uh, places where pe- people can find the answers to this. so that For people to use it as a tool for those people in their lives that believe this particular th- theory.
0: And to be sure, you have no monetary interest in promoting this? There's nothing, no way of making money out of this? Or?
1: Not even a, a possibility of me making money with this uh, film. Uh, I did that for a few different reasons. Uh, one is that just a lot of the criticism you know people say in my podcast that i take donations or whatever and that's that's okay but i didn't want anybody to have anything to say like this i just didn't want any any of the baggage that goes along with that with with money for this project
0: Excellent. Well, it's good to see this information out there. And as you say, it's broken down in so many ways, transcripts, different sections, all of it linked up there at ancientaliensdebunk.com. So we'll leave it there for tonight's conversation. Once again, I hope you'll go and check out Chris White's work and it will be linked up in the show notes for tonight's episode at corporatereport.com in case you missed it. So Chris White, thank you so much for coming on the program tonight.
1: James, it's a a pleasure to be on the show. All
0: right. Excellent. We'll leave it there. But of course, I will be back with you you all tomorrow night, 23 hours from now. So I hope you'll be there to join me as we we continue this Corbett Report Radio open source explanation exploration of the truth behind the headlines. So until then, thank you all for listening and take care.